Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Amanda Reed's Becoming Sister Wives, the story of an unconventional marriage. Uh, Today we are tackling chapter 7, which is Christine, um, where we last left off with Christine. Uh, She was on her honeymoon with Cody, and Cody was distant and sad, uh, and she was wondering if she had made a huge mistake. Um, you know, and after reading this chapter, I don't know the answer to that question still. So to stay tuned and uh, get ready to hear what Christine has to say. Chapter 7 Christine. The first year of Cody's and my marriage was tough. I realized that I hardly knew the man I married. I don't mean to say that I didn't love him, but he felt like a stranger to me. And I realized that I was completely unsure where I stood with him, which was a terrible and unsettling feeling. I wasn't entirely unaware of the struggles I might face. Growing up around so many polygamous families, I was well aware of the problems and pitfalls. The anger and the jealousy as well as the daily organizational and financial struggles. I knew that the situation I was entering was going to be challenging. I'd never seen my parents fight, but I realized that once they got divorced, their marriage must have been troubled for a long time. But in our family, if you had a problem, you just put on a smile and didn't let it show. I never saw my parents try to work through their differences until it was too late. But when I married Cody, I ignored any potential problems. I put on my rose-tinted glasses and cheerful disposition and imagined that when I entered a plural marriage, I wouldn't experience those issues other people faced. If I was naive, it was because I chose to be. Not long after I married Cody, I stopped being able to cover my problems with a smile. I was nervous and insecure. I felt overwhelmed by my new situation. Janelle had just given birth to Logan. At first, the four of us, Mary, Janelle, Cody, and myself, couldn't agree on how to organize our household and raise the first child. Naturally, Cody doted on Logan, but this made me feel insignificant. How could I compete with a firstborn son? For the first three months of my marriage, I lived in the house of my sister wives. It was a strange transition. However, despite some of my own struggles, I felt that the four of us were developing a solid family identity. We often eat meals together around a small kitchen table. I had grown up in a large family filled with kids. I thought it was really, really strange to be sitting around a table with only adults for company. Eventually, I realized that I needed to develop and deepen my relationship with Cody. I still didn't know him very well. Although I always idolized this notion of living with sister wives, it became clear that I required a little separation for a time. Plus, I'm sure my sister wives were getting sick of living with a couple of newlyweds. So I got my own cottage. I loved that cottage. Cody and I needed some time together in our own world. We'd barely had a moment alone since we married. Three months into our marriage, I became pregnant. Between my insecurities and my hormones, I was a wreck. For the first time in my life, I was apart from my parents and my friends. I was living in Wyoming, which was cold, bleak, and far away from home. I was lonely and worried about my marriage. I tried talking about my problems with Cody, but I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't have the vocabulary for telling him what was wrong. Cody didn't know how to listen to me. 
During our first fight, which was, predictably, about the fact that I thought he divided his time unfairly between his wives, he just put his hand in his head and... He just put his head in his hands and covered his face. It was as if he was trying to make it all go away. He didn't have the emotional tools to deal with the needs of three wives. I knew that he felt he had married me too soon. The four of us were too young to deal with the situation we'd created. Not long after Logan was born, Janelle went back to work. She was the most employable member of our family and was able to get the best jobs. While she worked, I looked after Logan, which was a joy and a delight. I loved mothering him. It was the highlight of that first difficult year. Cody likes to say I was instrumental in Logan's first year. Since Mary and Janelle were still struggling with each other, I was able to bring joy into his world. I created a sort of truce between my sister wives, which made the house more peaceful and loving for Logan. Logan is certainly the child of all three mothers. Mary provided constructive discipline. And Janelle, a safe and comfortable place. And despite my own problems, I showed him as much happiness and joy as I could. I played with him as much as possible, teaching him both silly and instructional games. While I enjoyed taking care of Logan, I spent the majority of my first pregnancy down in the dumps. I had lost sight of who I was. Like Janelle, when I married Cody and entered an already established family, I lost my identity. I was no longer my bubbly, energetic self. I couldn't look on the bright side because I was unable to see the bright side. Even though I had a strong testimony in plural marriage and always wanted to enter a family as a third wife, it was harder than I thought it would be. I struggled with my disappointment and frustration that something I thought would be perfect, celestial even, was actually hard work and brought about a certain amount of pain. Before marrying Cody, I honestly believed that being a third wife would be the easiest position because the family would have already worked through all their issues regarding jealousy and sharing. But I had no understanding of how much work there would be left to do. Right after my first child, Aspen, was born, I got a phone call from an old friend back in Utah. Christine, she said, where are you right now? I didn't understand her question. I told her I was in Powell, Wyoming, where I lived. I know where you are physically, she said, but where are you emotionally? You seem lost. You don't seem like yourself, she said. What's changed? I told I told her I no longer felt good or worthy. I felt insecure in my marriage, which was about the worst feeling in the world. You're still the same girl you've always been, my friend said, and that's the reason Cody married you. Cody loves you for you. Don't change, don't mope, and don't try and be anyone different. For some reason, her words really resonated with me. I was a wife and a mother, and I knew I could be happy if I wanted. I'd lost my identity only because I let it happen. I could be me and be happy if I chose. I know this sounds overly simplistic, but all I needed was for someone to remind me that it was up to me to reclaim my sense of self. I needed a kick in the pants. After all, I was the one who'd committed to the plural lifestyle. I was the one who had wanted sister wives more than I'd wanted a husband. It was up to me to enjoy it and to make it work. Once I became more relaxed, I began to understand my place in the family. I started becoming an active and important force in negotiating a truce and soothing a lot of our hurt. Mary and Janelle didn't have a relationship at all, but I had started to develop a fun sort of camaraderie with Mary. In addition to this, I was able to talk to Janelle about her interests and concerns. 
I'd always idealized the nature of sister wives. I expected they would be my best friends. After that first troubling year, I realized that friendships aren't instantaneous. If you want someone to be your best friend, you have to work on the relationship. Over time, I was able to forge close relationships with Mary and Janelle. Mary became my best friend. Janelle and I grew extremely close, but since she is much more reserved than either Mary or me, our friendship is less dynamic and more practical, which doesn't mean I love her any less than I do my other sister wives. After Aspen was burned, <laughs> after Aspen was born, I started to benefit from the sister wife experience I'd always hoped for. Aspen was the first girl and a true delight. She helped restore my sense of happiness and joy. I was a mother and a wife, equally important as my sister wives. Once I'd given birth, I began to lose a tremendous amount of weight. I guess my puppy fat was ready to melt off with the pregnancy pounds, although I have to admit, I'm the cutest pregnant woman in the world. One day after I had slimmed down, Cody, Janelle, and I were out shopping. We were in a clothing store where everything was far out of our price range. Money was really tight then. It often is in our family. We may have been married and had kids, but we were as financially secure as a group of teenagers. I was looking around the store and I found this white fringe outfit that I just had to try on. When I came out of the dressing room, Janelle said, Christine, you have to buy that. I protested that it was too expensive. The outfit cost $100, which is more than any of us had ever spent on anything besides rent in our lives. It was ridiculous, but I thought I looked pretty cute in it, and Janelle and Cody clearly agreed. I don't care, Cody said. I'm buying that for you. Moments like this, away from the duties of family life, proved to me that the possibility of a fun and tranquil plural family was indeed within our reach. We'd been moving around a lot since I came into the family. I had my own place for a while, as did Janelle. But for financial reasons, right after Aspen was born, we had all moved back into one house. Shortly after this, Mary gave birth to her daughter, Mariah. The house was cramped with four adults and three children in diapers. Cody was miserable at work. While we tried our best to all work on our relationships with one another and learn how to raise our children, our close living situation made tempers rise. Cody decided we needed to change. We needed to get out of pal. So we moved from a 1,000 square foot house in Wyoming to a 3,000 square foot house in Utah. This house was a major change for us. We had both a kitchen and a kitchenette. This meant that Janelle no longer had to share a kitchen with Mary and me, something that had always been a source of strife among the three of us. When we got to Utah and settled into our new, larger house, we were able to relax a little. We had, quite literally, more breathing room. Since our daughters were only born a few months apart, the relationship between Mary and me began to deepen. Janelle was able to get her career, which had floundered a little bit in the tiny town of Powell, back on track. This made her unbelievably happy. I had a part-time job, which brought in a little essential money. But most of all, but most of all I was a stay-at-home mom.
Mary and I share a lot of common interests, such as cooking and crafts. Since we like to cook the same sort of food, we worked well in the kitchen together. We also love planning family outings and holidays. We often arrange family excursions so we'd have the opportunity to take a ton of photos of the kids in different locations. We spent a lot of time sewing our children matching outfits. Around Christmas time, we'd dress up the kids and pile them into the car and drive them to the photo studio for holiday pictures. This was always a chaotic adventure, but well worth it. Our holiday preparations, especially for Christmas and Thanksgiving, were intense. We would start planning months in advance. We organized meals, decorations, activities, gifts, outfits, and surprises for everyone in the family. Once we'd moved to Utah, things began to look up. We were happy parenting and working. It was during this period that Cody and I began to discover each other. Now that things had settled down, we had the space and the freedom to get to know each other in a deeper, more spiritual sense. We were also able to start having fun, something that was essentially missing during the first year and a half of our marriage. We loved spending time with Aspen. We marveled over how special she was to us. We spent hours playing with her, guessing at the challenges we'd face as parents. We often discussed all the kids we wanted to have together. We got to know each other by sharing the dreams we had for our children's futures. Talking about the family we wanted really cemented our bond and made us remember the love that was the foundation of our marriage. A year after we t returned to Utah, both Janelle and I had our second children, Madison and McKelty. Suddenly, there were five kids in diapers in one house. You would have thought that the chaos would have been too much for us, but the joy of our growing family trumped any domestic issues. What really brought us together and made us more functional is that not long after we moved to Utah, Cody finally found a job he enjoyed. Cody's new position required him to attend trade shows, one of which was in Nauvoo, Illinois. This trip would require him to be on the road for two weeks, towing his trailer with his materials and displays. Both Mary and Janelle had been on trips with Cody, but I'd never had the opportunity. When Cody asked me to go, I was over the moon. He could have taken anyone, and he took me. I suddenly felt special again. This trip was a huge turning point in our relationship. It was the first time we had spent so much time to alone together, just us and our daughters, Aspen and McKelty. In many ways, the trip was a disaster. The car overheated. We had to keep our kids cool by feeding them ice chips. We broke down numerous times. But these hardships only brought Cody and me closer together. No matter how difficult things became, I was prepared to sing songs of joy the entire way. I loved every minute of the adventure at Cody's side. Although our drive was similar to pulling a handcart through the desert, I couldn't sw wipe the smile from my face. I think Cody really dug my positive attitude. Every time I glance at him, he looked so cute and sweet. Instead of suffering in the heat, he was beaming. I had loved Cody since before we were married. I suspected that he had been falling in love with me for years, but on that trip is when Cody finally and irrefutably decided that he would step in front of a train for me, which is what he told me when we returned home. That trip was our true honeymoon experience. We had come so far since our official honeymoon when I had worried I'd married too quickly to a seemingly distant man I loved but didn't really know. Now I was certain that we were soulmates. At the end of the trip, we turned to each other and said, I know that I can trust you to be an amazing and incredible person for the rest of our lives together. I know that I will always be there for you and do everything possible to make things better for you. This was our commitment to each other. 
We both knew then that, that if and when disaster should strike, we would hold each other and look into each other's eyes and tell each other that we are glad for every second we spent together. For many years, I felt that our lives were perfect. I loved being a part of the family. I loved homeschooling the kids and taking care of the household. I received all the benefits that I'd expected from a plural marriage. The other mothers had provided so much for me when I was growing up that the prospect of raising many, many kids together was precisely what I had in mind when I accepted the principle. For more than a decade, I had two best friends with whom I had the pleasure of rearing a wonderful household of children. In many ways, I feel that I kept the household running by taking care of so many of the practical affairs. For years, I enjoyed this position. I loved being the primary stay-at-home mom. I cooked and cleaned. I had a garden I canned. Since both Mary and Janelle worked, if Cody had a problem, something that needed to be done or fixed, I took care of it. I prided myself in being there for everyone all the time. I tried to make sure that all the holidays and birthdays were special. Whenever we had family functions, my house had to be perfect. The food had to be perfect. I needed to create the ideal environment for what I believe is our perfect family. While I was doing all of this, I began to teach at our school full-time. Then, I joined the board of the Sunday school and taught a Sunday school class. I also became an academic advisor. The church and the home are the most important places in our lives, and I needed them to be perfect, too. Then one... Then one day I realized I was overwhelmed, too stressed out by all I had taken on. I hadn't noticed, but for a while I had been unable to give 100% to anything I did. Unintentionally, I started letting everything slip. Around this time, Cody and I decided to have another baby. I realized that I could stop holding everything together and do the one thing I always wanted to do, be the best mom possible. My kids are the most important thing in my life, and I know that I would never be comfortable if I wasn't completely there for them. During my pregnancy, I decided to give up all non-maternal duties. I stopped teaching. I told my family I was very stressed out and needed to take some time off from everything but being a mom. For nearly 15 years, I devoted myself single-mindedly to preserving everyone else's happiness, but now I needed to restore mine. There was another factor that led to this drastic reconfiguration of my place in the household. About a year before I became pregnant with Truly, I had a devastating argument with Mary. For a while, I'd been feeling that she was too rough on my kids. While I understand that all children need discipline, I often felt that she went too far when it came to my children. It seemed to me that she was taking her frustrations out on my kids in particular. As a result of this, many of them were wary of her and were afraid to cross her accidentally. I let this situation go on too long and I let my emotions well up. Instead of talking to Mary calmly and explaining what I had observed her doing and how she might fix her behavior, I exploded. I yelled and screamed and told her to stop talking to my kids and to stop interfering in their lives. Since I'm afraid of confrontation, I always allow stuff to build up until it's too late. So instead of trying to work it out with Mary, I just shut her out. This argument shattered my world and made me realize that I have always had superficial relationships with people. I've always tried to ignore problems by putting on a brave face and keeping people at a distance. This fight made me realize I'd never honestly opened up to Mary and Janelle, but had forged our friendships out of a need to cement the sister-wife ideal I'd envisioned.
After our fight, Mary and I stayed out of each other's way. We no longer sought, to, sought out each other's company to watch movies or just hang out. When circumstances brought us together, we were never openly rude or hostile. We maintained a, a level of cord, cordial, cord, we were cordial with one another, but the warmth was gone. To this day, we are still working on becoming closer again. It has been a slow process of starting to feel comfortable being open and honest with each other. We have had to learn how to immediately tell one another if we feel offended by something. We still do not have the wonderfully close relationship we used to share. I know we will continue working on it, though. My relationship with Mary is very important to me. I'm certain she feels the same way about me. After my fight with Mary, I realized that the only people I'd ever let in were my mother and Cody. My mother broke my heart by divorcing my father and leaving our faith. About a year after the argument, we met Robin, and even though I welcomed her into my family, it shook my foundation and left me unsure of whether I could trust Cody's commitment to our marriage. The four of us, Mary, Janelle, Cody, and I, had been a nearly perfect unit for almost 16 years of near absolute bliss. Over that time, there had been minor discussions of potential courtships, but nothing ever came of it. I had grown used to being the last wife. I loved being the last wife. Cody and I had a tremendous relationship. He was my best friend and my closest confidant. Since Mary, Janelle, and I all served unique functions in Cody's life, I had never had cause to be jealous of his relationships with my sister wives. My fights with them never had anything to do with Cody. I knew that Cody's relationships were both with both of them were great, and I knew that what I brought to him and to the family was different from any other wife. I was entirely secure and at peace regarding my marriage and my importance in Cody's world. Jealousy had simply never, ever been part of my life. But when a fourth woman entered the picture, this changed. Growing up polygamous, I'd watch other women go through the experience of getting new sister wives. I never understood their jealous reactions. Whenever they complained about the domestic upheaval caused by a new wife, I wanted to tell them, it's all a part of the principle. You're just being a baby. Or, feeling jealous is a choice. You're choosing to be jealous. Get over yourself. I should have listened to my own counsel. I didn't understand how hard it could be. I really feel that I owe Robin an apology. In many ways, I betrayed her. Before she and Ro Cody were courting, I was really enthusiastic about her and I wanted her to love our family and to love me. I went out of my way to show her our best side. The first time Robin came over to our house, I made sure we had a big meal ready. I put as much effort as I could into welcoming Robin with open arms. We have such a wonderful family and I wanted to ensure she had no choice but to fall for all of us. However, when she, and Rob, when she and Cody courted and married, I was no longer the sweet person Robin first met. The loving sister wife had initially promised her disappeared. I feel guilty for offering something to Robin I couldn't provide. I felt as if I'd lied to her. If I did, it was through no fault of Robin's, but entirely due to my own problems. 
I feel blessed in knowing that Robin is generous enough to forgive me. Cody and Robin's courtship came at a time of huge personal upheaval. I was pregnant with Truly, and we had also entered new and uncharted territory as we began filming Sister Wives for TLC. When Cody started courting and then married Robin, it really rocked me. I gave birth to Truly and was suffering from extreme postpartum depression. I never thought I'd feel such a sense of loss and such crippling jealousy. I thought I was better and stronger than that. I really did. The strangest thing is that I had a stronger testimony. I had a stronger testimony that Robin should be a part of our family than I ever did whether I should marry Cody myself. It was I was certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that marrying Robin was the right thing to do. I recognized immediately what an awesome, special, and wonderful person she was. She belonged in our lives. I knew that she and Cody deserved each other, and this is what made it so hard. Despite my testimony that Cody, Court, and Robin was the right thing to do, I could not curtail my own insecurity that Cody was abandoning me for someone else. The undeniable fact about our lifestyle is no matter how strongly committed to it you are and how much you long for sister wives, it is difficult to keep your petty jealousies in check. It was apparent that Cody and Robin shared a destiny, but I couldn't help but feel like this might marginalize my place in Cody's life. If Robin had been a lesser woman, not as emotionally and spiritually intelligent, not as strong or as generous, I may not have been threatened. I might not have been threatened by her. As ungenerous as it is to say, I could have, at least in part, disregarded her. But Cody didn't deserve a lesser woman. And I never would have allowed him to marry someone who wasn't as wonderful as Robin. During Robin and Cody's courtship, it was evident to me how wonderful she and Cody were together and how how much in love they were. I felt abandoned by my best friend and as if, once more, I'd lost my identity. I couldn't see myself as Cody's wife. Instead, I felt inconsequential, as if I'd been pushed to the side. It's a horrible feeling when you let someone in, allow him to become the most important person in your world, and then he replaces you. Aww. I know. That is sad. (laughs) When this happened, (laughs) when this happened, I began to demand more of Cody, which was hard for him. He had started courting Robin, so he had less to give me. Or at least that's what it felt like. Nevertheless, despite my own hurt, I have to hand it to Cody. When it comes to bringing in other wives and making everyone feel safe and secure with the transition, he has done a superb job. During Cody's courtship of and marriage to Robin, I felt that I needed more from him than he was giving me. He couldn't love me enough or spend enough time with me. Nothing he did satisfied me. I was so panicked about being neglected that I wanted more, more, more. I nagged and nitpicked. I felt it was his responsibility to do all the heavy lift all the heavy lifting in our relationship. I have to admit that during that period I wasn't a lot of fun to be around. Eventually, Cody had enough. I was venting to him about I was venting to him once about some way in which I felt I was being shortchanged, and he just looked at me and he said, I just want my best friend back. I need you. I miss you and want you back. There were tears in his eyes. When I realized he wasn't saying it to be hurtful, which, by the way, was totally stupid to think, I began to change and to take the advice I'd so blithely given other women during plural marriage. 
During the period I was talk I was taking out my own unhappiness and insecurity on Cody, I learned a lot from my kids. Kids being kids, they can whine and complain. They can nitpick and pester me about the smallest, most inconsequential thing. When they test me to the max, I can no longer deal with being around them, so I send them to their rooms. Suddenly, I realized that what my kids were doing to me, I was doing to Cody. I needed to stop harassing him and making demands on him. I had to let myself love him and let him love me too. I too wanted my best friend back. It's been a big change for me from being the person people could rely on for holidays and family meals to be to becoming the dependent one. During my struggles with postpartum depression and my own issues with making room for a new wife, I had to ask my sister wives to take over some of my duties. To organize family meals and trips, take care of the little kids during the day, I needed to lean on them while I rebuilt my own inner strength. Mary and I have gone a long way toward repairing our relationship. We have been traveling together and I believe that we are back on track. But still, I'm hurting. I've been very frank with Mary, Janelle, Robin, and Cody about where I stand emotionally. I let them know what I need from them and what I can and cannot do. I recognize that they are always there for me and everyone is supporting me now. I need their patience and their understanding. I will get through this, but I need time. I am lucky to have a wonderful, supportive husband. As our family has become more settled, Cody has been more available to us as a group, taking on a leadership role in the day-to-day concerns that were once my chosen obligations. In many ways, this is more appropriate. He's made this transition wonderfully, which speaks to the amazing emotional maturity he's achieved over the years. I think he gets overwhelmed a little quicker than I used to, but he's learned to listen to all of us to take our needs and problems into consideration, and then apply them to the overall picture. I'm very happy to take a back seat while he does this. Although Cody is a stronger man than he's ever been and grows more and more reliable every day, I feel a lack of stability in our own relationship. I can only blame myself and my insecurities for this. I will get through this only when I've strengthened my relationship with God. This will return my confidence to me. Then all the jealousy will vanish and everything will fall into place. I know that this will happen because our family is incredibly strong. I've seen a lot of polygamous families in my life and ours is the bomb. My own own insecurities pale in comparison to our collective strength. In the long run, I know my struggles are temporary. I have an amazing husband who is my best friend, and I have three truly incredible sister wives. Although there has always been some rough periods, I never dreamed that it would be this great. Of all the examples of plural families I've seen, ours is truly the best. All right, y'all, there we go. Chapter seven, uh, Christine's story. Um, you know, got a little depressing there at the end. Uh, she seems to really think that uh, all of her feelings <laughs> are coming from this postpartum depression. Um, but it seems to be much bigger than that, especially if you are still watching this show as we are. Um, 
it's definitely interesting to see her say all these things and really blame herself in this situation. Uh, fucking fascinating. All right, y'all. So every, every episode I've been begging you guys to rate, review, um, send comments, questions, and I wanted to let you know that somebody did actually, um, reach out to me on Instagram at becoming sister wives pod. Um, and I wanted to, uh, maybe let you guys know what they are. So the first is a wonderful review. Um, and I'm going to just read that to you. It says becoming sister wise pod. I don't usually slide in the DMS of podcasts I follow, but I couldn't help myself here. Nothing brightens my morning routine, like an episode of your show. Oh, the voice acting alone. So much talent. Bravo. I can't wait to be transported to by your dedicated accent work once again. 10 out of 10. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, that is so sweet. Um, I really appreciate it. It does take a lot of hard work. Um, and my brain starts to melt by the end of every episode. So I do really, really appreciate, um, you, uh, giving me that, that wonderful feedback. Uh, so here's some questions. Um, becoming sister wives pod has the success of your groundbreaking show influenced your daily life. Well, I would say it influences my daily life in that, um, I think about the sister wives constantly now. Um, I, between watching the show every week and reading and reading this book and reading it out loud and putting together the podcast. And then of course, trolling the subreddit while I'm supposed to be working. Um, I do, I do, uh, know a lot about the sister wives, uh, way more than I ever thought I would want to know. Um, I mean, also the success of the, the pod has been really interesting because, you know, I'm out in public now. People recognize my voice. They're like, Oh my God, can you do the Janelle voice for me? Can you do the Cody voice? You know, that's really sweet and definitely just, uh, I'm just so flattered every time it happens. I was in the grocery store last night and this wonderful woman was like, Oh, do, do the Robin voice, do the rah, 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 rah. And I did it for her. She was so excited. So that was, that was really nice. Um, you know, I do have some haters, there's definitely some haters who hang around my Instagram, which is not, you know, it is what it is. That's like a part of success. And, you know, I just take it, I just take it as, as it comes, you know, you, you can't have, you can't have fans without the haters. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is and I'm fine with it, but you know, um, people who love me really make up, um, you know, they matter 15 times more than the people who hate me. So that's perfect. Um, here's another question. Becoming Sister Wife's pod, uh, now that you spend a considerable amount of time in the minds of the Brown family founders, would could you see yourself living a polygamous lifestyle? Um, you know, this is something that I've grappled with quite a bit, actually, because there are times when I'm like, I would really like my best friends um, to help me raise my kids and help me do my dishes and cook my food um, and like live in my house with me. But what I don't want, um, is a, like a husband, but also like B for like my best friends to like sleep with my husband. That seems super weird. Like I would never want that. Um, but also, also like the idea of like your husband sleeping in another bed, like at least three nights a week seems pretty perfect. So I don't know, you know, I've definitely, 
I've definitely weighed the pros and cons here. Um, but right now I would say I'm definitely still in a situation where, uh, no, I would not see myself living a polygamous or honestly a monogamous lifestyle. I do like to be alone. Um, but I get it, you know, there's part of me that gets it. So I, I will say that I will say that. Um, all right. Last question for today, becoming sister wives pod. Do you fear death? Um, Honestly, you know, when I was younger, I really did fear death quite a bit. I was, um, I was, uh, I was pretty terrified of dying. Um, and now that I'm older, I am, um, probably like a hundred times more afraid of dying. Um, yes, I definitely fear death. I'm afraid, um, of pretty much everything. I don't want to be in any sort of precarious situation. Don't even really like driving anymore. Um, yeah, death is lurking behind every corner and you never know. It could be you. It could be your time. Today could be your day. Um, so there is that. Uh, well, I hope today is not your day. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of Amanda Reads Becoming Sister Wives. Um, as always, rate, review, subscribe. I would love to get more questions. You can DM me on Instagram at Becoming Sister Wives Pod. Um, if you want to send me a voice recording, that is awesome. I would love to get some some verbal feedback on the pod, you know, so that it's not just my voice. I know my voice is awesome and recognizable in public now, but you know, it would be nice to get somebody else's voice out there. Um so yeah, absolutely. You know, always, as always, you know, love you guys and can't wait to get into our next chapter, even though our next chapter is a Robin chapter and we hate Robin. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.